It's Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. I'm Jerry Williams. I am so excited about this episode, but before I tell you a little bit about what is coming up, let me just ask you to please subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you happen to be listening to it on. If you would just click that little subscribe button, and maybe if your platform allows it, give us a rating. Five stars would be great. A review, that just helps other people find the podcast. Now, I have been doing radio for... Well, just say a a long time, decades, decades. And I've had the opportunity to interview literally hundreds, if not thousands of people during that time. And I can't tell you the last time I was this excited about an interview. Our guest today, and this is going to take up the entire podcast, is Jeannie Gaffigan. I'm sure you know the name. And if not, maybe you're a little familiar with it. Gaffigan, Gaffigan, that's familiar. Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, is her husband. And Jeannie is his writing partner. She produces all his award-winning comedy specials. She's also an actress and a writer in her own right. Well, about three years ago, Jeannie was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And she wrote a book about the experience, the diagnosis, the emergency surgery, the months of recovery and recuperation. The book is When Life Gives You Pairs, The Healing Power of Family, Faith, and Funny People. And we're going to touch on each one of those elements in this interview on this episode of Life with Jerry Williams. Now, in the show notes for this particular episode, I will have a link to Jeannie's website where you can find out more about the book, and more about Jeannie. She's a fascinating person to talk to, a person of strong faith and convictions, and that's going to come out in this conversation with Jeannie Gaffigan, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. Hi, Jeannie. How are you? Fine, Jerry. How are you today? I am doing very well. Let me just start off by thanking you and telling you what a pleasure this is to get a chance to speak with you. Well, thank you so much. I feel the same way. Been a big fan of yours for years. When I first heard about the tumor, made you a matter of prayer and have been following your recovery and just... Oh, that's so nice of you to say. And also, I have to say that I did feel like the prayers of many people being offered up for me while I was, you know, at my worst. So it really gave me hope. Well, that's good. You have an amazing story, even without the tumor and your recovery. You're you're an amazing person, I think, and, a, and an amazing person of faith. You're born in Milwaukee, one of nine kids, which was not That's typical right. for our generation. And you have five children of your own. I know. So really, five children doesn't seem like that many, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. After being brought up with nine kids, but but being from that big a family was really not only important in your upbringing, but as you said in your book, was crucial for your recovery period, wasn't it? It really was. And I, I think that I don't want to, you know, say, oh, everyone should have nine kids. But what I'm saying is, is that it was not only the sheer number of people that were needed and offered to me to be my support system, but it was also like the motivation behind the caregiving. Like it was just Sort of like the, t- you know, so you could have like one sibling or two, but it's that connection that they feel towards sort of like this is the point where we drop all these little noises of the world and focus on what is important right now. Yeah. And I think seeing that in other people also was a good lesson for me in the big picture of am I prepared to give that kind of care and compassion to other people? Or am I too busy doing things that don't really matter? Well, and that that, from reading your book, that seemed to be 
one of the lessons you took away from this whole experience, wasn't it? it absolutely. And, you know, I have to say that I, by no stretch of the imagination, was had some kind of epiphany moment that, you know, changed my life completely in terms of, like, who I was. And I just, you know, let go of all my material possessions and, and lived in a hut in the woods. <laughs> that did not happen. But what I can say is that my perspective was really shaken up, you know, and I, you know, I, you think about like the con- conversion of Paul, you know, getting knocked off the horse. That was kind of my moment of being like, how I, I am who I am. I, I am this person who is uh, an overdoer. You know, I take on too much, like five kids, you know, <laughs> work, uh, you know, at volunteering, I do too much. But what it did show me was that where's the meaning in all these choices I'm making? And I think it is important to say yes to things that God wants us to do, even if we want to just lie in bed and watch Netflix and eat popcorn all weekend. (laughs) It's like sometimes we're being called to do something that's a little more meaningful than, and if we're sleeping, as in, you know, you could be sleeping, you'd be wide awake and be taking on a million things for other people. But if you're not really awake to what your God is trying to do with your life, it's easy to sleep through your whole life. And all of a sudden, you're at the end of your life, and suddenly you realize, wait a minute, I want to redo, right? So I had that moment of saying, you know, every single thing I do from the outside, you know, like this alleged super mom or whatever, but what am I really doing? And so it's kind of like an esoteric concept, but at the same time, it's very simple. That's Jeannie Gaffigan. We're talking about her book, When Life Gives You Pairs, The Healing Power of Family, Faith, and Funny People. I'll have a link to her website in the show notes so you can find out more about the book and more about Jeannie. And we're going to continue this discussion coming right up. We're talking with Jeannie Gaffigan on this episode of Life with Jerry Williams. We continue that discussion now. And your faith also played a big part early on in your book. One more little thing. I'm not going to push the God thing down your throat. Let's just get it out of the way. My husband describes me as a Shiite Catholic, and I'm a true believer in the power and majesty of the one true God. And those of you heathens that don't get it, you're going straight to H-E double hockey sticks. Just kidding. Do you? Well, I mean, I just want, I wanted to put it out there that <laughs> there is a certain, you know, you're going to be reading a book of someone who's a believer. And I don't want to alienate you if this is not your, your system. But from what happened to me, this was how I made it. Yeah. This is my story. And I also want to be approachable and accessible to those of you who might not be reading from the same rule book. So that was a decision I made early on because I could have just been like, I'm writing a book for the choir right. at the church. And that those are the only people who are going to get anything out of this book. So when I was telling my story, it was only this personal thing that I would tell to, you know, a best friend. And I realized that if I was going to really put it down on paper, that I had to say, look, this is how I am. And, you know, basically stop now if you are going to be off-put by it. And here's the way that I'm going to deal with it. I understand what you're thinking. Like, it's, it's kind of something that I learned from my husband. Aside from the comedy, even in the way that he 
deals interacts with people. I mean, when we were dating, sometimes he would be, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to cook him dinner and it's going to be like fabulous. And I would have everything perfect. And then his spot or whatever would go late and everything would get cold and I would be furious. And then he would show up and I would be ready to tell him off. And he would, he would put the words in my mouth. He'd say, how could you be late? I cooked all this food and now You've ruined everything. And he would speak for me, so he would disarm <laughs> the situation. And so sometimes when you tell the audience, look, I know you're going to judge me here for saying this, but you, you uh, kind of disarm it first. And I think that that was the way, the way that I chose to deal with the faith thing, is saying, look, I'm faithful. That's the way I am. And maybe you're going to think that I'm going to judge you for not being faithful, but here right now I'm going to make a joke about it. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm going to go ahead and talk about the way that I feel. And yeah. I think it made it more accessible. Oh, definitely. People, because I've had people from all sorts of religions tell me that they made a connection with God in the book. That is really great. And the, the fact that you could take something so horrific as the experience you had and use that as, as, a, as a platform because since this has happened, I can't tell you how many times I've seen your your name when I'm doing show prep for my, my radio show about you're doing an interview with somebody or you're going to be here, you're going to be there. And, you know, the, of course, the book is coming out. It is It has given you quite an opportunity to talk about that to a wide, wide range of people, more so than, than a lot of people would have had the opportunity to do. Everywhere from, I've seen you being interviewed on, on Catholic web shows and in Christian publications to WebMD and all the morning talk shows and things like that. It's just been a phenomenal platform for you. I am really grateful that, you know, I, I know that you're not all the way through the book, but I have a section of the acknowledgement section in my book at the end, and what I do is I thank my brain tumor. And <laughs> that's kind of weird, but I just am like, you know, if, if this hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been able to see, you know, how beautiful life is. So I want to thank my brain tumor. When Life Gives You Pears, The Healing Power of Family, Faith, and Funny People is the book. Jeannie Gaffigan is the author and our guest. And in the show notes for this episode, I will have a link to Jeannie's website. You can find out more about her and her story, how she's doing now, and also find out more about the book. And our discussion with Jeannie continues. I'm talking with Jeannie Gaffigan, who recently wrote the book, when Life Gives You Pairs, The Healing Power of Family, Faith, and Funny People, her story of her journey through being diagnosed with a brain tumor, the surgery and recuperation, and how she came through that, and how those elements, family, faith, and funny people, were vital to her recovery. We continue that discussion now. Have you had any, or did you have any, when you were writing the book and you decided, okay, I have to be honest about who I am and the role that faith plays in my life in this book, if it's going to be worth anything. Did you get any pushback on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but I did. <laughs> I mean, it's like, here's the thing. You can't please everyone, right? And if you live your life trying to please everyone, you're going to be miserable. So there were definitely people who, on the other side of things, who were more of the faith-based people that were like, you know, I, I have some edits for you. This is really not appropriate for you to say this. <laughs> you know, there, there was that side of things. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there were a couple of people who was like, listen, she's trying to pull Jesus down your throat. 
I don't believe this. I stopped reading after I heard Jesus six times, <laughs> you know. Um, so, you know, you, you can't please everybody. But for the most part, we got far on one side, we got far on the other side. Those people are, you know, they're looking for something else. Yeah. And they're not going to find it. And I'm not going to, you know, stop what I'm doing because a couple people are pushing back. So my whole thing was, is yeah, it's not William Shakespeare. It's not, you know, <laughs> some kind of literary masterpiece. But the book started as a personal journey for me to explain what happened to myself. I had to organize this story. And since I'm a writer, I had to use the opportunity to give my God-given vocation to express myself, whether no one, it was going to just go under my bed for the rest of my life in a journal, or if people were going to read it. So the only time that sort of the audience of who was this book was going to be figured into it was during the editing process with a, a team of people who were like editors and copywriters and the publisher and that kind of thing. So the actual manuscript was very truthful. And so there wasn't really a lot of concern on my part is whether right. or not like people were going to like me. You know, it wasn't yeah. an exercise in how can I make myself better in the eyes of the world. That wasn't really, like, I'm just, if, if the book resonated with a, a large audience, it's purely a gift from God. It's like, I'm just like a vessel of, this just happened to me. I was given these gifts. I don't take anything for granted. I was given a wonderful support system, a wonderful family, a wonderful spiritual community. And I am expressing that honestly, and I'm a flawed person. And so I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to be able to tell my story and have people listen. You said something during that that I, I get the feeling from you that you're not the kind of person that really cares a whole lot what people think. You're going to be who you are. Well, I, I think that maybe I spent a lot of my life caring what people and uh, thought about me, and I wasn't really conscious of it until I didn't care. Yeah. And then I realized, oh. You know, like if I am speaking in front of a large group of people, I'm not really thinking about if the audience is judging me or liking me or not. Right. Whereas when you are public speaking, normally that's part of it. That's part of, you know, oh, it was a bad audience or, oh, they didn't like me. I mean, that's, that was part that I, you know, have been sort of out there my whole life. And I've had those feelings after shows or after yeah. something I've written and, TV shows where people said, well, this wasn't good, or I've had that little editor voice in my head that was not not positive, saying, right. you know, people don't like you, you have to try harder, you have to be this kind of person. And I think that when I was faced with this life and death situation, that kind of went away, which is kind of a gift for yeah. me. I mean, I am concerned, let me put it this way, I am concerned if I offend people and they really, I hurt someone, then I'm concerned. Right. But I, I'm not going to say, I'm gonna, I didn't look at some of the things that I said. Like there was one point where in the, in the book I talk about, I'm trying to make sense in the liturgical year of where, when I got this oh, yeah. diagnosis. 
And so when I'm doing that, when I'm writing about that and saying I'm trying to make sense, okay, so it's Good Friday, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm making kind of my own metaphysical sense of what is happening and what God is trying to tell me in this moment. So when I got that, that chapter from my manuscript back to my editor, she wrote a note saying, you know, you're borderline comparing yourself to Jesus right now, and that might not be. And I was like, so all I did was put a line in that said, obviously, I'm not trying to compare myself to Jesus. I'm just trying to make sense of this. But, you know, you know, that was something that I addressed because I didn't want to offend people. Right. You know, I totally get that. There were aspects of someone from the outside looking and saying, you know, she thinks she's Jesus (laughs) from early on in the book and your relationship with Jim. One of the first things one of the first things you guys did together was your, your Shakespeare project for inner city kids. So in very early on in your life, you were doing things that you just felt a calling to do. Having five kids and having them all at home, that's not somebody who's worried about what people are going to think of them. Well, I mean, it's true, but that's also part of the overachieving side of me. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like I was in competition with, let me have more kids than everyone else or whatever. <laughs> but uh, there is something that, is in me that is part of who I am, like it or uh, or hate it, that is a kind of motivating uh, drive that I have to do things. And I think that the difference is, is that now I'm not a different person, but it's just what I'm doing. Right. That is has changed and why I'm doing it. That's Jeannie Gaffigan, our guest on Life with Jerry Williams. In the show notes for this episode, you'll find a link to Jeannie's website. You can find out more about her and about the book, When Life Gives You Pears. We continue that discussion coming right up. My guest on this episode of Life with Jerry Williams is Jeannie Gaffigan. She's an actress, a writer. She writes with her husband, Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, and produces all his award-winning comedy specials. About three years ago, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor, wrote a book about it, When Life Gives You Pears, The Healing Power of Family, Faith, and Funny People. And we're getting to the part of the discussion now where Jeannie talks about the funny people and how they helped her through this entire process. The fact that you are able to find the humor in all of this is also amazing. How long after your surgery and recuperation was, was it Noble Ape, the special where Jim talks about now because of you having this brain tumor, he he will never win another argument. The tumor is gone along with my ability to ever win another argument. It's not like I was winning a lot before, but now I'm retired. And luckily, my wife's not the type to bring it up. Well, once she did, she was like, you know, I did have brain surgery. And I couldn't be like, yeah, that was like a month ago. Yes, yes. That special, Noble Ape, was already on the calendar to film in September. And when I got the diagnosis, uh, right before that, we were working on a documentary about how to write an hour when you don't have time to write an hour of comedy. So we had just filmed the previous special in, I don't know, you know, the fall of, of 2016. And in January of 2017, we took that show to London. And in one of the shows in London, Jim 
uh, improvised and came up with after, I, I don't know, we did some back and forth writing during like three shows overseas and came up with like 15 minutes of new material. So then when we got back to New York, Jim was like, I've got this idea. Let's do another special in September. And I was like, no, no, there, <laughs> we don't have time. That's not going to happen. We're way too busy. We just wrapped a special and we're going to have to like take two years to, to write another hour. And he's like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to book this theater for September, and then we're just going to have to do it. And I was like, you're out of your mind, but okay. <laughs> so then he decided to add another project, which is to film the process of it, right? So here we take on like twice as much as we can chew. <laughs> and then I get diagnosed with a brain tumor, like that's critical, and I have to like you know, have emergency brain surgery. So meanwhile, the theater's still booked in September, but we're not dealing with anything. I mean, he's canceling shows. We have this whole situation that I read about in the book, which completely is like, is mommy going to live, right? So as we are coming through the recovery with all this stuff with me on the tubes and coming home and having the oxygen tank in the house, we're coming up with all this medical-related comedy. <laughs> so that's how Noble Ape, which was literally months after this happened, had like 25 minutes of medical-related <laughs> material in it. Because even when, and I'm not saying that we were like sitting there while I was, you know, at death's door like writing comedy, <laughs> but there were observations that happened. And the way that we've always dealt with our life is when something bad happens, we process it through comedy. Yeah. So this was no exception. It was just a, a really like at the very beginning of Noble Ape, Jim's like, okay, you know, this, this, First of all, my wife just got diagnosed with a brain tumor. And then right away, before people even react, he goes, she's fine. Yeah. It's better. <laughs> you know, by a miracle, she's alive. And then everyone applauds. And they're like, oh, yay, we had bad news and good news in the same breath. It's been a crazy year for me. Crazy year. I don't know if you know, in April, it was discovered my wife had a brain tumor. I'm not even making this up. It was removed. She's great. Everything's good. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't remove it. I, and then he goes on the to room. dismantle the medical, <laughs> the whole journey. None of that stuff is in the book. So that was also like my story, it, whether, you know, you find it funny or not. It's like that was my personal journey. But there were also these kind of observations that we made along the way mm. that wound up in a comedy special right away, which is like just organic. It just happened. It wasn't like we were like, how can we manipulate and use the situation to like make money or something? You know, that wasn't, that wasn't part of it. It was just like the way that we roll. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, it was some of the funniest stuff I've ever heard him do. And I, I've been a fan of his as well for a long time. We're talking with Jeannie Gaffigan, author of the book, When Life Gives You Pears, The Healing Power of Family, Faith, and Funny People. In the show notes of this episode, I'll have a link to her website where you can find out more about the book and more about Jeannie. And we continue this discussion. Jeannie Gaffigan, actress, writer, producer, wife of comedian Jim Gaffigan. She writes with him, produces all of his specials. Our guest on this episode of Life with Jerry Williams. In that last segment, we referenced the Noble Ape comedy special that Jim had done, wrote with Jeannie, just months after she went through 
brain surgery. And in this segment, she brings us back to that noble ape and uses that as a way to show how the perspective changed because of what she had gone through, not only in her own life, but in the way she and Jim viewed things and even a slight change in perspective to the comedy that he performed, especially in that noble ape special. Just to connect it back to what those kind of gist of my kind of new perspective is, is that I think that that special is so good because it has a really deep meaning. Like the, the shift in the comedy, it's like about something that's really meaningful. And so you would think that because Jim is, uh, you know, his point of view is a very universal everyman type of thing. Like, you know, we all eat bacon. We all yeah. like cake. We all take showers. So it's this very observational thing. My favorite dessert is cake. Yeah. Cake's a true symbol of gluttony, though. If you eat a whole pizza, people are like, wow, you were hungry. But if you eat a whole cake, people are like, you got a problem. <laughs> Addicted to cake. But what we found out after Noble Ape was that we also all have really, really heavy things happen in our lives. Because you would not believe the number of people who were like, I was just in the hospital with my uncle and had the same observation. And thank you for turning it on its on its side and showing that there's actually some really funny things that we all deal with and it kind of unites us as like the human family. So that was also another gift by this illness that came out of it. Thank God. I am constant and I should be used to it by now, but I don't know that I ever will be constantly amazed by how God will take whatever you offer up to him to use and use it, whether it's comedy, whether it's sharing a story like you have shared, whatever it is, if you are willing to let God use you and you just use what he gives you, he's going to make use of it. Absolutely. And I also want to make it really clear, as I keep repeating that I'm a flawed person, during the darkest times, it's very, very difficult to see that big picture. Yeah. It's in retrospect is when we can look back and say, wow, I understand while this happened. Like, I Yes, would it have been great if I had never had a brain tumor and I never had this life interrupted? And, you know, there were really hard things and there's still, you know, negative consequences and there's still a lot of, you know, deep trauma that comes out of my children in different ways, like whether it's a behavior at school or, you know, things that would not have happened if this hadn't happened. But yet the big picture is, I'm just much more connected to these. It's like things, bad things happen in life, and there's a reason for it. And it's very difficult to see at the time of what the reason is, and sometimes you never know the reason. But as long as there, you understand that it's part of some kind of plan, it just makes everything more joyful when when it's happy. Jeannie Gaffigan is our guest and in the show notes for this episode I will have a link to her website find out more about Jeannie, what she's been up to and also find out more about her book When Life Gives You Pears The Healing Power of Family Faith and Funny People We're going to wrap up our talk with Jeannie Gaffigan My guest on this episode of Life with Jerry Williams has been Jeannie Gaffigan. She's an actress. She's a writer, a comedy writer, produces all of her husband's comedy specials. Her husband is Jim Gaffigan. Going to wrap up our discussion now, just as we were getting ready to hang up. I just asked her how she's been doing lately. Are there still some lingering things you're dealing with? Yeah, I'm still in speech and swallow therapy, and there's some breathing things that I'm going to the doctor a lot more than I used to, but that's a good thing. Yeah. I'm being watched, so... 
especially given the way that you found out about the tumor and you're losing the hearing in one ear and and not taking time to go to the doctor. I know, and now I'm living there. Yeah. Jeannie, I I, I had you for 15 minutes. We've gone almost 25. Is there anything I didn't ask you about or anything I didn't give you an opportunity to say that you wanted to say? No, just I'm grateful that uh, you took the time with me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It has been an honor to speak with you. You continue to be in our prayers. The book, When Life Gives You Pairs, The Healing Power of Family, Faith, and Funny People by Jeannie Gaffigan. Thank you so much, Jeannie. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And that will just about wrap it up for another episode of Life with Jerry Williams. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review and a five-star rating. Thanks to Jeannie for being so gracious and spending some time with us today. Thanks to her publicist and her management team for setting this all up. I will have in the show notes for this episode a link to her website so you can find out more about the book, When Life Gives You Pairs, The Healing Power of Family, Faith, and funny people and find out more about what Jeannie has been up to since the surgery and just keep up with her in general. Now, next time on Life with Jerry Williams, I'm going to take a little look at hope. You know, there are three virtues traditionally, faith, hope, and love. And I think faith and love are pretty easy to define. Hope a little more difficult. We're going to try and define hope a little bit for you. And I'm going to tell you about my theory, my philosophy of life of only observing two seasons, Christmas and baseball. That's coming up on the next episode of Life with Jerry Williams. 